Today we're going to finish up John chapter 1. We are going to be talking about Nathaniel and Philip today. Um, it's really interesting to me how the Bible shares new things with me every time I read it. I can't tell you how many times I've read the Gospel of John and I have never I've never seen it the way I'm seeing it now. It's amazing to me. Uh, apparently God is doing something in my heart because throughout this entire first chapter, especially the parts dealing with John the Baptist and now Andrew, Philip, and Nathaniel, how God is bringing back the thought that um, not being wildly successful in the world's eyes, not being popular, not being famous, doesn't mean that I'm not being influential. And remember when we looked at John the Baptist, how he was a really big deal for a short time. And then, of course, Jesus comes along, and John the Baptist even said, look, he has to get bigger, I have to get less. And John's influence uh, waned and waned, and finally he was arrested by a king and murdered and gone from history. He's famous to us now because we're Christians and he's part of our Christian Bible and we read his story all the time. But outside of us, uh, John, I don't think John's name was on anybody's lips within a year or two after he, after he died. So it was a cautionary tale to me how that fame and notoriety really isn't that long-lasting. But then we met Andrew, who brought Peter to Jesus. Now, I'd mentioned the fact that I used to think that Peter's my guy. I'm like Peter. He, he's rash and impetuous, and uh, he sometimes he speaks before he thinks. But I, honestly, I think the big deal with me is I want to be like Peter because he was a big deal. I've never been a big deal. I'm not a big deal. I'm probably never going to be a big deal. And so my emphasis, or my, I'm sorry, my focus shifted to Andrew. Now Andrew went and got Peter and brought him to Jesus. And all of a sudden, poof, you don't hear about Andrew anymore. You see, in the, in the 12 disciples, we had about three rock stars, Peter, James, and John. The rest of them, well, except for Judas, who was famous for all the wrong reasons. But for the rest of them, uh, of the original 12, you don't hear anything else about anybody else other than Peter, James, and John. Paul the Apostle came along later, who was probably uh, the late coming 12th disciple, if you will. He was very famous, and he was a big deal before and after he died. So he's the exception to the rule with the 12. But for the Andrew, you don't hear much about him. And now we're going to talk today about Philip and, uh, uh, and, and, uh, oh, and Nathaniel. Let's look at this passage of scripture, starting in verse 43. Uh, the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Now, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. 
Oh, come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still sitting under the tree before Philip called you. Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you'll see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Interesting exchange between Nathanael and Jesus. Part of me wants to think that maybe it was just two grown guys poking at each other, uh, having fun with each, at each other's expense, because when Philip had said that he found the Messiah, and he was Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth, and Philip's response was, can anything, I mean, sorry, Nathaniel's response was, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Jesus sees him and says, I saw you, you're a Israelite in whom there is no deceit. I want to think this two guys kind of having fun with each other, but I don't see Jesus having fun at somebody else's expense. I kind of think that Jesus really saw something in Nathaniel that was worth seeing. In fact, I would not be surprised find out when God calls me home and I get to ask Nathaniel myself that he was truly without deceit an honest Israelite so to just to put a wrap a bow around my thought about anonymity uh, Andrew Nathaniel and Philip after this passage, you hardly ever hear from them again, hardly ever see from them again. And the truth of the matter is, they weren't the rock stars. Uh, they just kind of faded into anonymity. Now, I I imagine that within their communities that they worked and ministered, people knew them. That's true. But when I talk about rock stars, I'm talking about Peter. I'm talking about John. I'm talking about James. I'm talking about Paul the Apostle. Um, these other guys weren't the rock stars and there were a there was a long time in my life when I would cycle through a pity party on a fairly regular basis because I wasn't getting the breaks musically um, I wasn't getting the gigs that I wanted sometimes I felt like I wasn't getting the recognition that I should get because I'm pretty good at what I do but throughout the years, I've remained pretty much anonymous. And I've learned to embrace my anonymity. In fact, I'm beginning now to look at it as my superpower. Because you see, even though Andrew was for the most part anonymous, he brought Peter to Jesus. That's a pretty big deal. Even though the with the exception of Peter, James, and John, the other disciples uh, weren't as famous. Those 12 apostles turned the world upside down. And you have to give credit to the non-rock stars because they were part of it. 
but they worked within the cloak of anonymity for the most part. And that's me. Anonymity is my superpower. And I've the biggest lesson I've taken out of chapter one of God, John's gospel is that uh, just because I'm anonymous doesn't mean I'm without influence. Here's an example. Years ago, maybe 15, maybe almost 20 years ago, I had a young lady who's a student in one of my guitar classes. And she was an amazing young guitarist. She's one of the first really good guitarists that I had the privilege of teaching. And when she finished up her senior year in high school, we had a chance to talk. And I asked her what she was going to do. And she told me she was going to go to college. And she told me the college. She was going to get a psychology degree because that's what her parents wanted her to do. And she was going to honor her parents. I said, okay. I said, I want you to walk away from this conversation with a couple things. She said, what? I said, I want you to realize that you can do anything you want to do. You can be anything you want to be. You can accomplish anything you set your mind to it. I firmly believe that and I believe in you. And I said, here's the last thing I want you to do for me as a favor. Don't fall for the first guy who chases a pretty skirt. She was a pretty young lady. And uh, we laughed and she left and graduated and went off to college. Her mom called me up about six years later. I'm sorry, not called me up, but she messaged me, emailed me. And she says, this is Rebecca's mom. And I was getting a hold of you to say thank you. I said, for what? She says, your influence on my daughter. I said, well, I'm honored. I truly am. But I know that she's not playing guitar anymore. She says, oh, she said, she went and got her psychology degree because that's what her father and I wanted her to do. And then she decided she wanted to join the Coast Guard. So she joined the Coast Guard and she became, uh, she began working on a boat that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, chased down drug runners. I said, whoa. She says, yep. And then she got out of the Coast Guard and now she's going to law school. She's gonna get her law degree. And I went, wow. And she said, oh yeah, the last thing, do you remember that conversation you had with her at the end of high school? Now, I didn't know that she talked to her mom about this conversation. I said, yeah. She said, you told her she could do anything she wanted, that she could be anything she wanted. But then you also told her not to fall for the first guy chasing a pretty skirt. I said, yeah. She just kicked him to the curb a couple months ago from a mama's heart. Thank you. And she says, you need to know that your guitar lessons aren't always, always about guitars or music. Thank you for being an influence in my daughter's life. And I was stunned. And I started to get the, the sense that I had influence. Now, nobody knows my name. I'm not, I'm not a big deal. But that girl's life was changed because I was at the right place at the right time and I spoke God into her, her life situation. Now, my son got a hold of me a couple years ago. Now, my son's in his 40s. And he called me up just to say he loved me. And he says, Dad, one thing I really, really appreciate is the fact that you just never stop hustling. You're always getting after it. And I thought, wow. I didn't know that about me. 
it, it to me it, it's just second nature um, find something to do do it and I did not know that that was influencing my son to that degree um, so the big deal is that you don't have to be a big deal I had a semi-original thought several years back and uh, I remember saying to someone I was having a conversation with someone and have you ever had that feeling where it's almost like an out-of-body experience where you find yourself saying something that's really really smart something you never thought before you never put words to before and as these words come pouring out of your mouth you're going I hope somebody's taking notes because this is really good stuff well, I had one of those things when I shared with somebody where I told them I'd rather be anonymous with the world and known by God than to have the whole world shout my name when I die and turn up in front of the throne of the creator of the universe and have him look at me and go page who? I'm sorry I, I never knew you and that's when I began to realize that my anonymity is my superpower see John the Baptist, very influential, a very big deal, but being a big deal got him decapitated. In fact, Peter being a big deal, he was crucified upside down. Paul, very big deal, was beheaded. In fact, being a big deal sometimes carries with it a price. And it's not that I'm not willing to pay that price, but I think I prefer that my superpower be anonymity. Anyway, we'll be moving on past that as we get into John chapter 2. But I am greatly encouraged at what God is bringing to the forefront of my thinking in regards to what I've been reading in, in John's first gospel. So, uh, with that, remember, it's better to be known by God and anonymous to the world than to have the whole world shout your name, only to stand in front of God and hear him go, I'm sorry, I never knew you. I'm Mr. G. I'm out of here. Bye-bye.